Keegan Murray will make his first career start on Thursday against the Memphis Grizzlies, according to head coach Mike Brown. And all I can say is it's about time. Let's talk about it, plus who he should replace in the starting lineup and my one-on-one conversation with Keon Ellis right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season today presented by LinkedIn jobs help you find the qualified you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nba my name is matt george i have the privilege of being your host here i'm a sacramento sports reporter and producer for abc 10 and if you're new to the show welcome it's a pleasure to have you hopefully you're a kings fan although i do have a lot of uh fans of opposing teams that listen to locked on kings just to check in on the kings if so hope you stick around if you're a memphis grizzlies fan uh tuning in getting ready for the kings and grizzlies game on thursday i'm telling you you doomed you're screwed your team's gonna lose it's absolutely written in the stars you know why because keegan murray is starting okay not really i'm not gonna be uh not gonna be that over the top but if if you are new to locked on kings and you didn't follow locked on kings over the course of the entire summer and even the preseason you probably don't realize how big of a keegan murray believer i am and through the entire draft process, that was consistent. I was very happy on draft night, of course, when the Kings took him with the fourth overall pick. We loved what he did in the California Classic, loved what he did in Summer League, loved what he did during preseason. Did talk during preseason about my belief that Keegan Murray should replace Casey Akpala in the starting lineup. As the, at the time, it was somewhat well-received. A lot of people believed that Casey Akpala in the starting lineup and bringing Keegan Murray off the bench was the right decision. I always felt that even if Mike Brown started the season, which he did with Keegan coming off the bench, I felt like it was it was going to be very difficult for Mike to stick with that. That Keegan Murray and the way Keegan Murray was going to play basketball was going to make it extremely difficult on Mike to not put him in the starting lineup. Now, even though Keegan has or had come off the bench in his first two games, even though the Kings are 0-3, remember he did not play the first game of the season because he was in uh, COVID health and safety protocols or was actually just returning uh, from the, the league health and safety protocols. Despite all that, Keegan is amongst the, the, the team leaders, if not the team leader, in minutes played. And in both of the games that he has played, he's been the first guy off the bench into the game for the Kings uh, around the eight and a half minute mark of the Golden State game most recently and around the five, six minute mark uh, in the Los Angeles Clippers game when he made his debut. Keegan Murray starting is the right move. And even if he was already playing a boatload of minutes, even if he was on the floor closing out close games and closing lineups are more important than starting lineups, it's my belief that the Kings are the type of team, they're in a position where they have to start with their best foot forward. They have to bring their best right out of the gate. Now, with the exception of the Golden State Warriors game, the Kings have not been knocked around horrendously in the first quarter. They've not trailed by a boatload of points in the first quarter. So it's not like not starting uh, has made the Kings horrendous out of the gate. But they haven't been their best. 
And in all three games so far this season, the Kings have trailed at the end of the first quarter. And in two of the three games this season, the Kings have trailed before making their first substitution against the uh, the the Portland Trailblazers. They were trailing 19 to 16. Of course, again, Keegan Murray did not play in that game. That was the home opener against the Mem- uh, the Golden State Warriors. The Kings were trailing 12 to two when they made their first substitution, which was Keegan Murray. Now, the only outlier is in Game Two when the Kings subbed uh, Keegan Murray, the L.A. Clippers at the time, 12 to nine. The Kings are at their best when Keegan Murray is on the floor, and it's been perfectly obvious, even if the sample size is just two games, it's actually been more than that. Even though it hasn't been with the main team always, and preseason is, there there are a lot of variables, right? Especially the type of talent that your team is playing against. A lot of guys that are trying to make the roster, in addition to starters who are only playing a small uh, range of minutes. Even in preseason, Keegan Murray has looked like when he comes into the game, he makes the Kings a lot better. During the California Classic and Summer League, he was obviously the best player on that roster, made the team tremendously better. Every single time we've seen Keegan Murray put on a Kings uniform, when he steps onto the floor, the Kings are at their best. So why wouldn't you want to start the game at your best? Keegan Murray starting is the right decision by head coach Mike Brown. But who should he replace? There's a debate, honestly, amongst Kings fans. Do you stick with KZ Paula and what you know from him defensively, move Harrison Barnes out of the starting lineup and start Keegan Murray at the probably four and then move KZ Paula to the three, even though they're they're pretty interchangeable? Or do you get rid of KZ Paula, who only played, I think, four minutes at the beginning of the Golden State Warriors game, take him out, Keep Harrison Barnes in the starting lineup where he's been. He's been a starter since day one that he arrived in Sacramento, and he's the second longest tenured king behind De'Aaron Fox. So he's been here a a good while. Keep Harrison in the starting lineup, move Casey Akpala out, put Keegan Murray probably at the four, keep Harrison to the three. Again, both of them are pretty interchangeable. To me, the the answer to this question is easy. People are debating about it, and you might disagree with me on this, and that's fine. Let's talk about it. It, it, You replace Casey Akpala. Even with how bad Harrison Barnes is struggling, and I just did an, a podcast, my last episode of Locked On Kings from yesterday, I did a in-depth conversation, had an in-depth conversation with the high flyer Henry Turner, former Sacramento King, current Kings radio uh, broadcast analyst. He and I talked about Harrison Barnes' struggles. I know what Harrison Barnes is capable of, even if he's not showing it. I know what Harrison Barnes can be. I know what Harrison Barnes can do. I believe I know what Casey Akpala can be on the defensive end. And while he's shown good moments defensively, he has not really improved the Kings starting lineup and starting defensive output so significantly that he has to be on the floor there. And quite honestly, on offense, he's an offensive liability. Now, Harrison Barnes has also kind of been an offensive liability to this point, but we know Harrison is capable of working out of that. Casey Akpala, we have not nearly seen that consistently enough. And here's why. Starting Keegan Murray alongside Harrison Barnes is actually a benefit for Harrison Barnes because Harrison becomes the fifth option offensively. He's the fifth option. There's there's no question about it. If when Keegan Murray starts next to Harrison Barnes, it goes Fox, Sabonis. You could argue Herder or Murray. I would I'll say Herder first. Herder for right now because he's been a starter. Keegan Murray, then Harrison Barnes. That's the order. That's not debatable. That gives 
opportunity to Harrison. He is going to have moments offensively. He spaces the floor better than KZ Akpala, even with how much he's struggling right now from a, uh, from a three-point perspective. You still have to at least respect a little bit, or if you choose to outright not respect him, like defenses kind of choose to not respect KZ Akpala on the perimeter, Harrison, I believe, should be capable of and is capable of hitting those outside shots if they're as wide open as we expect they're going to be. That's number one. Number two, though, Harrison Barnes, as the fifth option on offense, I expect him to focus solely defensively. The offensive game will hopefully come to him. He will get his opportunities within the flow of the offense. The Kings don't have to draw anything up for him. He doesn't have to work uh, with the ball in his hands, try and post people up, although I do believe Harrison in the post is something that he's gotten away from this season that he did pretty well last season. You put Harrison Barnes in the starting lineup next to Keegan Murray, and Harrison can focus on being a solid defensive presence, which he has not been really since a couple seasons ago. A consistent, solid defensive presence who is far more capable of hitting an outside shot and scoring than KZ Akpala is, who is a solid defensive presence with really no offensive upside. You take a lot of pressure off Harrison Barnes by immediately starting KZ or starting Keegan. Keegan takes a lot of the scoring load. Harrison drops the fifth option offensively instead of being the fourth option offensively, which there is a significant difference there. And he can focus in more on the defensive side. And again, he and Keegan Murray are very switchable, just like he and Casey Akpala were. So I'm not worried about a significant drop-off. Plus, if we're comparing Casey Akpala's defense to Keegan Murray's defense, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll say Casey Akpala is the better defender at this point in time, but that's all he does. Keegan Murray is already a top three offensive player on this Kings team. He's one of the most reliable shooters on this Kings team two games into his career. And defensively, he's not a significant drop-off. Compare Casey Paul's defense to Keegan Murray's defense. Is it really that big of a difference? Use your eye test. Use the numbers. Is it really that big of a defense? Once we get a sample size of Keegan Murray, I'm telling you, whether he's guarding threes or he's guarding fours, he's not going to get torched, just like Casey Paula was never torched, even if the Kings as a team were being torched. And hopefully, it'll help the Kings with their defending without fouling, having Keegan Murray out there as well. But what does this mean for the second unit? This is the big point. Because Keegan Murray has been an important part of that second unit and an important piece of the offense of that second unit that quite honestly has been struggling. Now, the second unit actually played pretty well and helped the Kings get back into the game against the Golden State Warriors. It was by far Malik Monk's best game as a King to this point, three games in. But it's a very valid point to be concerned about where the scoring comes from in that second unit when Keegan is starting. Just because you're a starter does not mean that you can't also be out there with the, the second unit. And I expect Mike Brown to know how to stagger his minutes accordingly. I think one of De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis, or uh, Keegan Murray has to be on the floor at all times. There cannot be a scenario where all three of them are on the bench at the same time, unless it's for a very, very, very short limited stretch. I think the Kings are killing themselves offensively if they do that. Doesn't matter who else is in the game. But even if one of the three of those players is on the floor at all times, Keegan Murray starting means Malik Monk, Davion Mitchell, Terrence Davis, those three need to step up as scorers consistently. Not just every once in a while. And Terrence Davis, I thought, has looked pretty good this season thus far. But the game that Malik Monk had against Golden State, he should be able to replicate that the majority of the time he's on the floor. Davion Mitchell offensively, uh, defensively, he's been great. 
offensively, he's been fine as a ball handler and, and fine as a, a point guard continuing uh, the, the style of play that the Kings want to play out when De'Aaron Fox comes out of the game. But offensively, when it comes to scoring, he hasn't done much. I could even maybe add Rashawn Holmes into this list or maybe Trey Lyles if he gets playing time. I don't know if Casey Akpala falls completely out of the rotation or not. I don't think he should. I still think you can get spot defensive minutes from KZ with that second unit. And if you're struggling at any point with the first unit, hey, one of Harrison Barnes or, or Keegan Murray is out of the game first. If you need more defense, you could cut, plug KZ Akpala in. I think the Kings should really consider moving Harrison Barnes out of the starting lineup first or rather substituting Harrison Barnes out and bringing Malik Monk in, going with that three-guard lineup, or even Terrence Davis, going with that three-guard lineup that has given the Kings a lot of success in stretches so far this season. A Fox, Monk, Herder, Murray, Sabonis lineup. A Fox, Davis, Herder, Murray, Sabonis lineup. I think those lineups can do a lot of damage while also not being horrendous defensively. Mike Brown has options. Starting Keegan Murray is the right move, it's the right play to punch right out of the gate, and the Kings still have enough enough depth to be able to overcome it. Or, if they don't, then they're not nearly as good as we thought they were. I'm a big fan of this decision. Love Keegan Murray starting. Now I want to hear from you. Let me know at Matt George Sack on Twitter. Email me mattgeorgesports at gmail.com or leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. Before I uh, share with you my one-on-one -on -one conversation with Keon Ellis, a few sound bites from that conversation uh, with Keon, I want to let you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, today's episode of Locked on Kings is brought to you by LinkedIn. And these days, every new potential hire can honestly feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's like if you're building a starting lineup and you have no scouting reports on any of the players that you have to pick for your team. It becomes a schoolyard pick of a bunch of players that you have no idea about. LinkedIn removes all of that unknown. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So on Monday, the Stockton Kings held their 20... 22 media day and it's actually in the old Sacramento Kings practice facility outside of Sleep Train Arena or Arco Arena as we know it in Natomas. Now of course Arco Arena has been destroyed and it was it was very surreal for me to be out there to drive past the lot where a building used to be that held so many memories for me as a child. I mean, I grew up in Arco Arena. That was my second home. That's where I fell in love with the game of basketball. That's why I fell in love with the Sacramento Kings. And of course, that's where the best memories in the, the Sacramento era of Kings basketball are held. To drive past that and to see, now there are a bunch of like, uh, uh, like tractors and excavators and things like that 
I'm not a construction guy, clearly, uh, out there. And uh, they were doing their best to still clear everything out. Like everything is torn down and they're now like below ground, basically where the court used to sit and the tunnels used to sit and they're scraping out and just getting rid of all the debris and everything. The foundations are still there. So you can still see like the pavement, you know, where it curled and walked into the front door and everything like that's all still there. But there's no building. It's just sky and hole. Very strange to see. Very strange as someone who spent so much time in that building. But anyway, we're in the old Kings practice facility, the Stockton Kings practice facility now. Uh, and we got to chat to with some of the players. There are a couple actual local players from uh, the Sacramento area. One uh, played at, at Sac State. One played at uh, Folsom High School. Uh, another one played at Sac High. The guy who played at Sac State also played at Sac High. Christian Terrell was his name. And, and Jordan Ford was the other one. Uh, they are part of the roster. Got to chat with them a little bit. Uh, and then I got to have a one-on-one conversation with Keon Ellis, Sacramento Kings two-way player Keon Ellis. And I got the opportunity to ask him a few uh, few questions, just one-on-one, spend some time with him. I do apologize. Um, the microphone that we have hooked up or had hooked up uh, to Keon kind of bugged out. So we're actually using the microphone that I was using for this. So there's a lot of background noise. And... I did my best to edit it to to make Keon vo- his voice pretty clear. It, it's not that bad, uh, but for someone who tries to have good audio every th- single time I do things, it stood out to me. So hopefully you're able to get through it. I I, I encourage you to to try and listen because uh, I had a lot of fun talking to uh, Keon. And, and one of the first things I asked him was, even though he didn't get to play, he got to experience a real Sacramento Kings crowd sitting on the bench on opening night and then game two. Uh, against the Blazers and the Clippers. And Keon talked to me a little bit about uh, what he noticed or, or experiencing the, a true Sacramento Kings sellout crowd for the first time. It was definitely more than I expected. You know, preseason was uh, was a lot for me. And I was like, you know, this is a good showing. But then the first game came around and I was like, okay, well, this is even better. So, I mean, it was it was just something great to see, you know, the fans coming out and supporting and, you know, us trying to, trying to make a run for a good season. So um, it was definitely good to see. The two-way contract is still relatively new in the NBA, and there have been a couple of players that have been two-way contract players that became full roster Kings. One is Damian Jones, who's now with the Lakers. The other is currently still with the Kings in Chemezi Metu. I asked Keon about the importance of the two-way contract and the significance of it for his career. Um, I think it just, you know, it, it's able to build confidence in a player. Um, and I mean, also just obviously getting more reps since... Um, I, th- I think it's, it's a good thing, you know, if you're on a team like, like the Kings and I probably wouldn't be getting as much reps and, you know, you have the opportunity to play with the G League team, you know, get reps while also getting preparing yourself for, you know, the next level. I think I think it's a good thing, you know, just to take advantage of. And, you know, also playing with guys, you know, that I, I play with in the summer league, so we're all kind of comfortable with, with each other. And I think, you know, we're all just trying to win at the end of the day, so to, to make each other better. Keon, of course, will remain practicing with the Kings' main roster a lot. We'll spend still spend a lot of time with the main roster. There are only a certain amount of games, and I always forget the amount of games or amount of days uh, that he's able to actually suit up for the Kings before he has to be converted uh, to a, a full contract. But Keon is now or is still very much going to be a part of the Sacramento Kings, even uh, with his time in Stockton. That's the, the best part of a, a, the two-way contract status. And I asked him if any of the Kings players, main roster players, if Mike Brown and the other coaches have given him any or, or given him any expectations or asked anything specific from him with his time in Stockton. Um, we haven't honestly talked too much about um, 
what what they're looking for from from me at least playing in, down in the G League. Um, but I mean they because uh, me and me Harrison and Mezzi we all work out in the mornings mm -hmm. uh, with each other. So um, you know they told me like I'm definitely good enough to play. So I mean really just you know can't can't look at this opportunity as like well I feel like I should be playing. So um, really just got to you know make make the best out of the situation you know and just. Try to better myself and my teammates. Nemias Keda is the other two-way contract player, and this is Nemi's second year as a, uh, a Kings two-way contract player, which in a, in a weird way kind of makes him like a veteran of the two-way contract. So Nemi knows what it is to go through a season as a two-way player. So I asked Keon if he was uh, what his relationship was like with Nemi, if he was leaning on Nemi, asking Nemi questions, and getting some guidance from Nemi for this season. For sure, every if I have any questions, I, I definitely ask Nimi just because, kind of like you said, he's he's been here a year. He already knows like the stuff that I'm going through and, and you know the challenges that'll be presented. So um, every question I have, I always ask him, you know, how to go about things or, or what's to be expected, just because he's he's been about, around you know before. So that's that's kind of why I lean on for situation. And finally, I know we've talked about this before on Locked On Kings. It, it jumped off the, the the page to me uh, when I was watching Keon play in Las Vegas Summer League. Uh, and I even talked to Keon about this off the record, but I want to ask him about it on the record. He loves that three-point shot right in, in front of opposing teams' benches. I don't think I saw him miss at that spot on the floor. And he always had something to say, turning around or some kind of something to say to the uh, opposing bench after he'd hit that shot, I asked him about that shot. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a good feeling. I think it only just comes just because, like, when I'm in front of an opposing bench, like, they always, you know, say something to try to get you missed. And um, after I make the shot, you know, I just always say something back to him. So yeah. it's just, a, you know, just a basketball thing. Couple things before we go. First and foremost, I wanted to play a soundbite from you, a video uh, for you from uh, King's practice yesterday. So King's practice on Tuesday. This is something that Mike Brown said. Uh, he was asked about. Uh, there's a poster now in the practice facility uh, that he almost that serves like a contract that he wanted his players to sign to buy in to what the Kings are trying to do, trying to ch uh, change the culture, giving their all uh, for the team and truly being locked in for the team. I was not at practice, so I did not get this sound by. I'm playing this video and this audio courtesy of James Ham from the Kings Beat Podcast and ESPN 1320. Uh, so we're going to watch this and listen to this together, and I'll share with you what I like so much about this soundbite from head coach Mike Brown. Uh, a poster in the, in the practice facility about being all in. Can you just talk about that mantra and what that means to the team and why you had them sign that poster? Yeah, you know, again, I, I'm trying to work we're trying we're trying to create a winning culture here and you know there's a few things that go into that which I've already explained and and when you hit adversity like some people may think we're in now uh, because because we've lost uh, because you're not playing because you expected to play more than what you expect what you thought because you expected to get more shot when when those things creep in are you still all in in what our game plan is as a team? You know what your role is. Are you still all in and embracing your role, or are you just going to accept it where you got one foot in and one foot out because things are going bad now, but we hit a little adversity, you're going to creep over here. So you can say, well, I ain't playing, so I ain't part, you know. That's, that's why that's up there. This year is about us being all in. It's, it's a big year for us. It's a transition year going from 
here to trying to get to here. And it ain't gonna happen just because we feel like we got some talent or because we feel like we worked hard during the preseason. It's, it's gotta be a constant, constant thing that we do every day when we come to the gym. And even when you're not in the gym, you gotta take care of your body, you gotta get your sleep, and you gotta eat right and all those other things. So all in just means that, hey, we, we, cause I, I told you guys, if you don't want to science, you don't have to. You don't have to. When you value something in them, when you, you value your house, you value your car. When you got those things, what do you have to do? Sign a contract. Now, if you don't value this, cause there are a lot of things that you don't value that you didn't sign a contract on, then don't sign it. And I would not take it personally. And that gives you the right to kind of be in and out when you want to. But everybody signed it. So whether the times are good or the times are bad, we have to all be in. I'll be on the same page all try to create this winning culture together at all times. Again, that audio and that video courtesy of James Ham from ESPN 1320 and the Kings Beat. Go and check out the excellent work that the Kings Beat does, the Kings Beat podcast with James, Sean, and Brendan. Uh, they do a phenomenal job over there, and uh, I, I appreciate them being uh, or allowing Locked on Kings to kind of snatch that audio up a little bit. Got to give them love for that. Uh, but I loved that soundbite. I loved everything about that from Mike Brown, having a poster that says all in and treating it like a contract, putting the expectation or the, the ownership of that on the players saying, look, if you don't want to sign it, if, if you don't prioritize this, you don't have to sign it. And I understand that that kind of puts players in a, in a weird spot. Imagine if I'm not going to name a name because I don't want to suggest or insinuate that any player would not be happy with their role or anything, but player 15 at the end of the bench looks at that and goes, I don't want to sign this. I'm not clearly a part of this team that makes him look like an ass in front of his entire team, right? Or, or it certainly doesn't look good. So I know Brown was kind of putting pressure on his team in that sense, but to get everyone to willingly sign suggests, okay, you prioritize this. You agree that we are going to do, we are all going to be all in and connected and dedicated to doing what's best for the team and sticking to what we believe will get us to the finish line. I love that from Mike Brown. I love the fact that, I don't know if you caught it, but he mentioned in there like, knowing your role, but buying into it completely, having one foot in and one foot out. Whether he knows it or not, he's speaking directly to the Sacramento Kings of the last few years, right? How many players here in Sacramento knew what their role was, but they weren't very happy with it. Of course, there were issues of players not knowing what their role was, and that's a failure on the coaching staff, and the Kings have certainly dealt with that in the past. But there have been certain players who knew what they were supposed to be doing but didn't buy into the way that they were supposed to be doing because they wanted to do things their way. And especially when Kings, the Kings would start to lose and things would start to fall apart over the course of the game, everybody would kind of resort back to, resort back to not team basketball, but individual ISO basketball and just doing all the things that they think is the best. And then you have a completely disjointed team that gets their ass kicked by a well-oiled machine, which is the, another NBA team that just comes in and, and, and has their way with you, right? I love what Mike Brown is doing, putting the ownership on his team, saying we're trying to change the culture here. This is what it requires. And just because we had a good preseason and just because we have a lot of talent on this roster doesn't mean that it's going to be given to us and that we're just going to deserve it. We have to earn it. Everything that Mike Brown said there, I thought was gold. If you want to respond to some of the stuff that Mike Brown said, uh, please do so. And one of the things I'm trying to do now is get your responses more uh, involved in the show. If you haven't checked out my podcast yesterday talking about Harrison Barnes and his struggles with Henry Turner, please go back and do that. But got a lot of responses 
uh, to that. And I wanted to read a couple of them uh, and, and involve them in the show a little bit. One of them is from Francisco Garcia. And I don't believe, as far as I understand, this is not the Francisco Garcia that used to play for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Francisco says, move Harrison Barnes to the four. Let him work in the post. Keegan should be starting at the three. Now, Francisco posted this well before it was announced today that Keegan would be starting. I don't think Keegan starting at the three or Keegan starting at the four is going to matter all that much, except for, I guess, the size of defender he's going to be facing. I'm 100% okay with Harrison Barnes handling the four more. It just depends on who the opposing team is going to use to guard Harrison Barnes. You don't get to choose that. You can choose who you guard. You don't choose who guards you. So if Harrison Barnes lines up as the four and guards the opposing team's four, that's great. Or rather, excuse me. If Harrison Barnes tries to take advantage of a three guarding him, a little more of an undersized three in the post, that's fine, but he doesn't get to choose that. Opposing teams might put their three on Keegan Murray. Or they might put their three on Harrison. So I I don't think it's that big of a deal whether or not Harrison plays the three or the four. I think Keegan is a little bit faster and more fluid than Harrison, which is an argument for why Keegan should play the three. But it also kind of depends on who between the two of them do you trust more as a defender. It might be Keegan at this point. So if the four on your opposing team, your opponent is better than the three, in the case of Paul George playing the three instead of the four, it might be better for Keegan to guard that three spot if the Kings believe he's the better defender. Ultimately, positionless basketball, the three and the four, there's not much different in the modern NBA. They're wings. So I wouldn't be uh, too concerned about that. A lot of great responses here about people not being too concerned about Barnes at this point. Some people wanting to move him uh, to the bench. Uh, from Joe Stewart here, he says, my personal starting lineup would be Fox, Murray, Sabonis, Herter, and Terrence Davis. Uh, I don't think, as much as I like Terrence Davis, I don't think moving him into the starting lineup is the best of ideas. Although, this is a three-guard lineup that I really like that I talked about earlier. I'm okay seeing extended minutes of this lineup. I just I have concerns defensively with this lineup unless Terrence Davis really locks in uh, as a three or a two. Kevin Herter could kind of play the, uh, the, the two or the three, so they could be a hybrid in that position as well, kind of similar. Uh, to Keegan and Harrison. So that's an option that Mike Brown could consider, although making two adjustments to the starting lineup instead of just one after three games, that might be a little bit of overkill, even though the Kings are 0-3 to this point. But if you want to respond to uh, Keegan Murray starting, whatever you heard from this podcast that you want to restart or respond to, get involved in this conversation. I'm going to try and use more comments and more feedback and things like that on the shows more so your voice is heard just as much as mine is. Thank you to everybody who responds or reaches out to me. I engage a ton of you in uh, private King's conversation more than I do publicly, uh, and you know who you are. Appreciate you so much. Can't wait to have you join me on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Kings, which is going to be the post-game edition of Locked on Kings. Kings and uh, Memphis Grizzlies, I tell you what, having three straight days of no Kings basketball when we're this close to an offseason of no Kings basketball – it's criminal by the NBA. Even if I think it's good for the team for them to have that time to work together and fix mistakes, it's 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 hard for us, isn't it? 
Well, thankfully, we'll have Kings basketball back tomorrow. Excited to see what Keegan Murray looks like as a starter. Kings have a tough task in front of them, to say the least, taking on John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll have a post-game pod of that. If you're going to the game, please reach out to me and let me know. I'd love to chat with you. Say hi uh, before the game itself. Uh, I'm typically around the concourse and up in the media section and stuff well before the game starts. So we'd love to bump into you and say hi. Appreciate your support as always. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode of Locked on Kings. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.